0: Hello no, and welcome to the Worcester Observer Podcast. I'm your host Rob George. And just to let you into a little bit of my thought process is that one of my favourite programmes of recent years has been the H- HBO series, The Newsroom. Um, some of you may have watched it. It's an Aaron Sorkin thing, so if you've loved The West Wing, it does a lot about journalism and American news shows. One of my most favourite episodes is where the anchor, Will McAvoy, played by the excellent Jeff Daniels, starts with a soliloquy, an editor's comment. And I want to do that this week to start off the Worcester Observer podcast. And what I want to talk to you about is Brexit. And what I want to talk about is particular the scenes in the House of Commons on Monday evening into the early hours of Tuesday morning. Quite simply, these are my personal opinions as editor of the paper and not those of Bullivant media, so I want that to be clear very early on. But quite simply, they were a stain on an already soiled part of British democracy, in a chapter of British democracy, I should say. From Conservative Prime Minister, various politicians looking, frankly, bored at Parliament doing showcasing the sovereignty that they apparently so cherish, to the disgusting and, frankly, appalling sight of opposition MPs physically manhandling the Speaker of the House of Commons to prevent him from leaving the chamber for prorogation ceremony. Whether you like it or not, and I'm not going to get into the debates of whether it's right, whether it's wrong, and what whatever. Prorogation is in the gift of a British Prime Minister. It has been since the dawn of time. Well, certainly since we've had a political system. To stop it in the manner that the opposition, some opposition MPs tried, was showed exactly to me where we are as a country and that our democracy is severely in danger of becoming nothing more than some African dictatorship. Because next month it will be 36, 38 months since the referendum. 38 months. Let that sink in for a moment. In that time, three, four children could have been born to the same parent, if, if, you, if they were that way inclined. 38 months has gone by, and where are we as a nation? We're still stuck in the European Union with no clue how to extricate ourselves. Brexit now is nothing more than a political football, used to score cheap points, to score cheap votes, to score cheaper headlines, in the press and that is where we as an industry have failed you because we haven't held those in power to account as much as we should have done. Now I don't say this to say I'm better than anyone else I'm just as guilty I'll just run the words of Worcester's MP ad nauseum at times as much as another newspaper will but democracy is now letting its people down For three and a half years, people in this country have been tarnished. If you voted Remain, you were an enemy of democracy. You were a saboteur. Why don't you just get on and accept the result? Which was fine. But the worst was Brexiteers, hard-working British men and women, that believed what they were told by a politician and voted to leave only to still wait, as we record this on Thursday, September the 12th, 2019, that their wishes still haven't been answered. I think it's a disgrace on all of those political parties that are in that House of Commons. If you're going to ask the British people their opinion, you need to execute their will when they give it you. If you don't want their opinion, don't ask the question. We cannot sustain any more scenes like Monday evening where a Prime Minister doesn't want an election and then tables a vote for an election. When the opposition parties want an election but not at the time that the Prime Minister says he wants the election. When parties are committed to finding a solution to Brexit. We have had three and a half years. If you don't know what you want to do now, may I suggest you make way and for the people that probably would know, and that's the people of this country. I speak not as a Remain voter, and I speak not to push the Remain cause or back the Brexit cause. I speak as a patriot. I speak as someone proud of this nation, and who is sick and tired of the humiliation being wrought upon this proud country on a daily basis. We have never asked for anything in this country, We've been the first to res- rescue people and the first to people's aid. To be the martyr of the whole of the seemingly Europe and maybe even the world at the moment is a disgrace. Britain deserves far, far better than this current mess. I don't know the answer. I don't profess to know the answer. And I don't know the solution and the way out of it. But one way or another, somebody has got to be honest soon. And they've got to pull the pin and end this humiliation for good. That's all I'm going to say. It's wrought with me all week. If you agree, disagree, let's have a debate. Let's go back to old-fashioned democracy where we can have a good old-fashioned debate. Disagree, agree, but still remain friends at the end of it. We'll be back after this break with the rest of the news. Mm. You're listening to the Worcester Observer podcast because you have impeccable taste. And welcome back, and thank you for indulging me for six and a half minutes if you've got this far.
1: Rob, I was inspired. You didn't hear this, everyone, or see this, everyone, but I gave him a standing (laughs) ovation. Well said. She
0: was very, very kind. I I almost feel like I was in the House of Commons or something.
1: (laughs) We need you in the House of Commons.
0: No, I've got the face for radio and the personality for outside of politics. (laughs) I talk too much sense anyway. Um... Anyway, that was on my chest on Monday and has been on my chest ever since. So I wanted to get it off. But as I said during my rant slash passion speech, depending on how you view it, let me know. Have I hit a chord with you? Editor at uk? Agree? Disagree? I love either side of the opinion now. Mm. Uh, and I'm equally as fed up for you Brexit voters than I have for my own tribe of Remain voters. And I think the more people like me on both sides actually start getting offended for how the other side are feeling, I think we'll bring the country together. But before I go on another rant, another six and a half minutes, let's look at what's making the stories... On uh, WorcesterObserver.co.uk this week, that was just me moving my back in the chair. I do apologise.
1: <laughs> I love the paper this week, Rob. Loads of happy, positive stories. It is. It's a
0: very uplifting week, and it coincides with the sun coming out. Hmm. I wonder if that's got any link. Probably.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: we'll start off with Worcester could benefit up to twenty-five million pounds from the future ta- from the sorry the towns fund that was worth three point five billion announced by the government into a bid to transform the city with improved transport, broadband connectivity, skills and culture.
1: This is amazing. So this is basically a pot of money they've put aside and they've they've pinpointed 100 local towns and we're one of them.
0: And Worcester is one of them. It follows on from a fortnight ago when they won a share, sorry, they won £150,000 to develop a business plan for the future High Streets Fund. That's about regenerating the northern part of the High Street this share of 20 this possible 25 million could be a massive city-wide uh, expenditure so it's all good money coming that could be coming to the city of worcester the
1: north end of the high street is that the cathedral end or the other end
0: that's the other end that's the other the end okay end. that's right. your, your tithing uh, where we used to have an office
1: yeah uh,
0: in our worcester standard days rgs the angel right. Tybridge street that area up by um train station what's the name of it four street Four-gauge. that's the one <laughs> Um, Friend got off at Foregate Street only yesterday. I should not forget that train <laughs> station. But that's to regenerate the north area. So imagine what you've seen at the south side with the Cathedral Square. That money in the, um, certainly the future high streets fund, which is not what we're talking about here, the town town's fund. But that could make improvements that you've seen on the south side of the town.
1: And then this extra money. Gosh, it's all good news.
0: It's all fantastic news. Uh, the cynical head would suggest that... Um, these towns have been targeted as seats from the government that they'd like to win at any future election. But mm. I'm going to focus and on the who positive. who cares if it's cares? positive?
1: It's positive, If it? it's money, if it's exactly. money for the city,
0: great. I do want to give a um, yell out as well. Seven Arts, great, great art charity. Really, really sprouting the wings. I want to get in touch with them because we want to get them on the podcast soon, hopefully. they have taken the wraps of their first crowdfunding campaign to raise money for a travelling music box.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, what is a travelling music box? That was my next
1: question.
0: Uh, Provides music opportunities for young people across the county. It's going to be filled with musical instruments, recording equipment, tailored musical experiences. going to go all around hospitals, schools, skate parks, playgrounds, and bring music to young people across the whole of the county. The charity itself is based in Worcester, though. And lots of different experiences will be on offer, from a recording favourite songs to being a DJ for the day.
1: Oh, fantastic. That'd be fun.
0: And the brilliant thing is, as soon as they raise 3600 from at least 21 backers, they will unlock £9,000 from Arts Council England.
1: Oh, so come on, everyone. Let's um, put our hands in our pockets.
0: Spacehive.org slash travelling-music-box or www.sevenarts.org.uk. Get on there for more. All the information there. I've seen it. It's a fantastic website. And if you can give some money, it's going to mean a whole heap of difference Brilliant. to those at 7arts. Uh, now, from what's going to happen in the future to what happened in the past. That's a great segue. I'm almost getting good at this. <laughs> uh, the industrial past of Worcester's most popular parks will be uncovered with a week-long dig starting on Monday. From Monday, as I said, the team will be on site at the green flag winning Cripplegate Park in the heart of the city, digging underneath the kiln where the Russell Pipe Manufactory produced smoking pipes for more than 50 years. I never knew this even existed in Worcester.
1: No, I didn't either. I've seen these pipes. We dig these up in my parents' garden quite a lot, of these pipes. For oh. some reason, somebody obviously back in the day lived there and obviously smoked them because <laughs> yeah. we often find these sort of pipes. But um, isn't it lovely when we can discover these things and Brilliant. they all have stories to tell. And as you say, you've just discovered that there was a whole industry yeah. in Worcester that we didn't know about. Just, just as you think you've sort of
0: nailed Worcester's past, hmm. then it's like, nah, there's more. I mean, Worcester's past is as good as its future, rich and varied.
1: Absolutely. This is
0: going to take place all week at Cripplegate Park. You can follow the dig on Worcester City, W O R City Heritage on Twitter and Worcester City Heritage on Instagram. And there's an open day next Saturday, 10 till 3 at Cripplegate Park. And you'll be able to see what they find. Brilliant. And they must be pretty confident of finding things. Yeah, well,
1: they've already, you can see on page 3 of this week's paper, they've already got some good finds there. and um, interesting stuff. I love stuff like that.
0: Absol- absolutely terrific. Terrific little story that i really, really, really um, chuffed with. That. Now, if you park in Worcester, as we often do, and you haven't got any change, as we often do, I have good news for you. 14 of the city council's car parks will be able to take card payments from October.
1: Oh good! Hurrah! I never have any change, or never the right change. I'm
0: always short by about thirty p. Yeah, me I never too. actually. I never. I've got. Oh, I've got my. Oh no, wait, no, I haven't. Uh, but I use Ringo now. It's a great service.
1: Oh, that's good. And are these going to be able to accept cash and cards?
0: Cash and cards. Because a lot of people don't no. like
1: using cards, though, do they? No, and, and there's some. some They'll do towns, contactless as well. Oh, so. that's good. But some ta- towns have... They're putting in these new apps where you have to download the app, yes. to play, which people hate, apparently. I mean, I'm sure it'll catch on and people will get used to it. But this seems like a really happy medium. I think it? this
0: is a great halfway house solution. Mm. Um, I mean, personally, I use Ringo. I don't mind because you get the text message and you've got something on your phone then going, ah, that's when I've parked till. So you've got it on your phone, which is always on your person. It's a great move. Um, Though, And they'll also be, I shouldn't point out, they should also be at St Martin's Gate, multi-storey as well. Great. Um, Great move. That's going to be in place, I think, October. Yeah, October they're going to be fitted. So um, it'd be a great move for the city. One thing I do want to talk about quite highly. Now, I saw this in the national news, and I never thought there was a link to Worcester because the chap involved was from Hereford but I was delighted that the Royal Life Saving Society got in touch and said they were going to present an award to, if I get his name wrong, Yannick, I do apologise, but it's Yannick Kowal. I think it's Kowal because it's K-O-W-A-L and I'm taking the Polish pronunciation, so I'm going to say Kowal. Yannick, if you're listening, I apologise and do set me right. Or if anyone that knows him, do set me right if I've pronounced that wrong. It could be Kowal, but I'm going to say Kowal. Um... He was on holiday with his wife, Sally, in August, um, and found two brothers in distress.
1: And I want you to say these names, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading these names. The, what? The, Axizel and Brazil? Axizel
0: Br- Z- Brzizel,
1: <laughs> Amazing uh, names.
0: Gallian, who got into difficulties whilst trying to reach uh, a pontoon. Now, Yannick, who is 65 years old and a former lifeguard, um, he got into Lake Allswater, which is a beautiful, beautiful um, part of the world, and uh, he managed to rescue Axel, but he was unable to save B- 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 Bruzio, who had already tragically dropped below the water services and sadly died. Oh no! Um, at the scene, but Yannick uh, is a fully trained lifeguard through the Royal Life Saving Society and is a current member of the Hereford and Worcester branch. He was on holiday when the tragedy unfolded, but just wonderful that. He Was able to save one life, and
1: is that him in the photo? That's, that's
0: him in the blue. He doesn't look
1: 65 at all, no, does he? He, doesn't, he looks no. very young. Mm. Um,
0: but he was welcomed to the charity's um base at Red Hill House on London Road and praised for his actions. And understandably, he was mixed emotions on the one hand, honoured to be mm. recognised, but there's a guilt there that he couldn't save both of them. And I think. I would always say I understand that completely, but if it weren't for you, Yannick...
1: Yeah, what And a if hero. you hadn't
0: got in the water, neither of them... Both of them may, may have gone to their deaths.
1: Absolutely, what um, a hero.
0: But it's fantastic. You can read that on page five. That story is going online over the weekend as well. Do give it a read um, on UK because um, it's a terrific story and he sounds like a truly wonderful man and we've got some news that I will bring to you at the end of this uh news r- roundup um about something that I hope will happen next week um just as well to point out another 1.5 billion has been announced by the government for adult social care we know that's a big problem in this um in Worcester and the county as a whole um but 1.5 billion has been allocated nationwide so hopefully some of that is going to come to Worcestershire, and um, that would be terrific if it did, because the, it accounts for forty percent of all of the county council's expenditure. And you think what the county council spend on everything? It wow. accounts for forty percent of its budget. And
1: what? So that's with people with dementia and that's people social, get, getting yeah, old,
0: getting old. It's oh people, my goodness! It's people getting old that are no longer independent and living in their own homes. Gosh, um, that's a
1: massive chunk, isn't it?
0: It's a massive chunk. So hopefully, the money will come. Um, as a big help to, um, to the county council and tackling the problem of adult social care because it's something we've got to address.
1: Mm.
0: And to gently ease back on my rant just a little bit, if we weren't so obsessed with this, we could actually be tackling the very real problems that are facing families up and down the land, caring for our older mm-hmm. uh, generation. I mean, my mum was in a nursing home at the end and luckily my dad could afford it. Mm. But it's not the case for everybody and we're all going to get old and Mm -hmm. as much as I know there's many many people out there that are still living in their own house at the age of 80 and very independent and good for you and good on you and keep going and never let anyone tell you you're too old uh, to be doing that but some need extra care and we need to focus on it and because that is a problem it is a huge huge problem goma political today.
1: You are. We need you in government, Well I'm fired up for some reason.
0: <laughs> it's the pizza I had at lunchtime, I think.
1: <laughs> but um, the government does seem to be splashing the cash, don't they? It's, um... It does
0: seem that the money, austerity's over and um, the checkbook has been freed. Mm. Suggestion that there be an election, I couldn't possibly comment.
1: Oh, but it's...
0: Let's Complicated. Ra- I wrote back on the um, Liberal Democrat, and thank you for some of you getting in touch about the Liberal Democrat um, interview with Stephen Kearney last week. I've had a lot of very positive feedback about it, and some of people challenging me. Um, there's one individual that has said my Brexit colours came uh, shining through. I'd say to you, sir, if you care to read my editors comment most weeks, and do listen to the podcast. I've made no secret of which way I voted You need to listen to our
1: arguments. I'm, I'm the Brexiteer and you've been very much the Remain. But then again, but- I
0: suppose I'm making both sides of the argument clear in the paper if I'm being accused of the side that I'm not on. Yeah,
1: exactly. It reminds
0: me, it reminds me uh the 2010 election when I was on Bromsgrove, myself and the editor star of the Bromsgrove Standard podcast. Tristan Harris. We, we were both simultaneously accused of being biased against every party that was standing. Yeah, I that, don't know how we quite managed. I that, think that
1: shows a good editor. It really <laughs> does, because it must be hard. You can't be. You can't really have your own view, can you? You have to report on everything.
0: I think you have to see both sides, mm. and I think, I think I've been blessed. Um, I mean, I'd celebrate 14 years in the in as a journalist in november and i think you have to see both sides so as much as you might disagree with it you might have to go well why are they doing that and why are they doing that and yes i can see it like as i said in my opening you know the prorogation there's nothing unlawful about it.
1: No. Well, haven't Scotland, the Scotland judges voted saying it isn't lawful? But it's lawful? a
0: different law.
1: And they've had three other votes saying it isn't. Yeah. And now we've got the big fourth one on Tuesday, is it?
0: Uh, it the Supreme Court will rule on everything on Tuesday. Hmm. Um, because the Supreme Court is higher than all the others. Right. Um, it's It has been used by politicians and prime ministers up and down, you know, for years. As I said in my opening, it's not... Hmm. um is it was it what is it wise to do it when we haven't sorted Brexit out no it isn't and it's bad politics and if you could have heard Claire and I's discussion off mic last week last week when we recorded the podcast we about should the, have recorded that the, you know and done the unedited <laughs> we <have> done version <laughs> <laughs> we went to it was the epitome of back and forth with capital b capital f um but should he have done it? No, it's bad politics. And I, I, the thing I would, the thing I would level against Boris Johnson is that he's guilty of bad politics at the moment, not bad policies. Um, he's annoying all the wrong people at
1: all the wrong times. You call it bad politics. I call it a leader who's got an end vision and he's going for it.
0: We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But I think you need a majority to achieve your end vision, and he's vastly. Uh, losing that and also the conservatives need some help on social media as well because I noticed the tweet yesterday that they're putting out of Jo Swinson saying she'd revoke article 50
1: Hmm.
0: and that's fine but you're actually promoting a vision shared by an awful lot of people Hmm. I'd be criticizing her not saying having a video a viral video that could go viral of her revoking it, because you're going to make more people aware that Lib Dems are willing to revoke it.
1: Well, I had had to do a podcast with um, one of the professors who's of Brexit studies at Birmingham University last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I had about five minutes warning to get, jump on this podcast in Hall and talk to him about Brexit, and um, it was a fascinating conversation. And he was saying that you can't revoke Article 50. If you want to bring back Brexit, basically, you've got to issue Article 49. That's right. the only way legally that they can ever do it. So Joe Swinson doesn't know what you're talking about.
0: I think, I must admit, I'm not going to disagree with a professor of Brexit studies. Oh,
1: he was saying some stuff which
0: um, no, <laughs> was I'm not go- a
1: little bit to the I made it very far left.
0: <laughs> I, I made it my mission in life not to disagree with anyone with the word professor in front, because mm. they are instantly more clever. I mean, you don't have to be clever to be more cleverer than me, but definitely with the word professor. <laughs> Can car number four please come in? Car number four. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um,
1: You're getting rather excited. I think
0: then. I think revoking, I think Article 50 is the mechanism, the two-year countdown.
1: But it's already been triggered, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, but I think you can take it back.
1: I don't think you can, because the people voted. If they do want to take it back, they've got to issue Article 49. That's the only way legally that we could get back in. Do you remember? (laughs) That's what...
0: No, 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 I think that's Article 49 comes in if we want to go back in.
1: But that's the only legal way, unless they make a new law. I think
0: we can revoke Article 50, because that's the mechanism of getting out before we get out. I think once we're out, Article 50 ceases. I think what he means is, hmm. if you know Professor of Brexit <laughs> Studies, Let come on, know. come on. Yeah,
1: let's come on this podcast.
0: I, 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 I wrote, I, I, I made a note for myself watching everything that happened on, um, and by the way, wouldn't it be great, just as a, a complete side issue, wouldn't it be great to have a woman speaker now if was going?
1: Yeah, I, I'm volunteering. Wouldn't it be great? i have the job, please. How many women speakers have we had in the House of Commons? One. Betty. One. In all the
0: years. She was
1: formidable, wasn't she? She was
0: absolutely formidable. But, I mean, I struggle to understand in 2019 how we've only ever had two female prime ministers and one speaker of the House of Commons, Mm. one female speaker of the House of Commons. We've got to 2019 and three women have held very prestigious roles. Mm. We've got to do more. I I think it's time for a woman speaking, not for any sort of equality. I'm not going to, I don't want to be a virtue signal or anything and going, oh, look at him, isn't he in touch? I just think it's time.
1: Mm. It would be nice to have someone who's really impartial, but uh, yeah, how can you get someone who's really impartial? I don't think you can be, I think, I get the
0: criticisms of Burko, and at times I think he goes too far and I think he realises the cameras are on him at times and... But I think you would ham it up a bit. I think if you know the cameras are on you, but I think he's, I think he stood by the House of Commons itself, and I think if different things had happened, and I think if Labour were in government, I think he'd still have held the Labour government as much to account as he's had the Conservatives. I do think. He...
1: I I've never seen someone who's more biased. Like I feel like he's been horrendous to the I Conservative don't... Party. In every aspect, even the fact that he's just uh, said that they've got to open up all their WhatsApp and social media messages and everything. I mean, that's just I below he, the belt and ridiculous. I think
0: he's open and transparent. I mean, certainly I was going through a couple of things um on Monday evening whilst it was all unfolding in Parliament and there's a great YouTube clip of Dennis Skinner, the beast of Bolsover, hmm. um, calling David Cameron dodgy Dave hmm. and now that's a no-no in the House of Commons and it's a no-no on this, I'm using it, hopefully Dave if you're listening you've got a book to flog, don't sue me um, <laughs> but I'm using it in the context of what was said in Hansard, it was in Hansard so you can't sue me. Trump,
1: Trump wouldn't last two minutes would he? He calls, ooh, he calls everybody little so-and-so um, and... <laughs>
0: But he called him dodgy Dave. Burko was straight on his feet and went, You need to retract that word.
1: Mm. And
0: that was to the Prime Minister and it was he was straight on the defence. And when he refused, he was like, Right, get out of the chamber then. Mm-hmm. But I do agree he hams up for the cameras and I do agree he takes his role a little bit too far. I and think.
1: the fact that he's resigning on October the 31st, I mean, it's just so me, 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 me. He wants his legacy to go down. He wants it to be the man who stopped Brexit. And no, it's not necessarily, mm.
0: because if Boris does pull it off, as you say, he'll just resign on the same day we leave the EU.
1: Mm.
0: He just will. <laughs> um, but and the, the politics is enough. I do want to... Um, Bring this section to a wee end, if I can, by just highlighting a bit of sport. Now, um, congratulations to Worcester City's new signing, Sean Brain, who signed for the club last week. Um, It may have been two weeks ago, actually, but he did sign recently and made his debut on the substitutes bench against Selston on Sunday. Came on on 71 minutes. By the ninety-first minute, he scored a hat trick <gasps> on debut.
1: You're joking? How amazing! Um,
0: became the first City player to score a debut hat trick since Sambo in not th- notch three in November nineteen ninety-seven against Rothwell in the Doctor Martin's League. That's when it was. You won't know what that's about, but that's when football non-leagues were named properly, the Doctor Martin's League
1: <laughs> after the boots. Yes, really? <laughs> <laughs> after the boots? Oh wow! Okay. <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, congratulations Sean and uh, City play Highgate Saturday in the second qualifying round, first qualifying round, where have I written that, in the second qualifying round of non-league's FA Vase and another step on the road to Wembley for Worcester City and they've scored nine goals in the last two games, Worcester City, so get down to the Victoria ground. Worth it's worth the admission fee alone, and you may see plenty of plenty of goals.
1: Wow, fantastic!
0: Anyway, I think we'll wrap that up there, and uh, we shall say that that's the news. Keep in touch with us, WorcesterObserver.co.uk. Email at e editor at WorcesterObserver.co.uk. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram as well, and we've probably got a sponsored pigeon by now or something, but. That's from the news section. Let's go now straight into the What's On section. And here's everything that's coming up in the next seven days with Claire's What's On Worcester Roundup. For all the things to do and
1: see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's On Guide. Thanks, Rob. Yes, looking through this weekend, loads of things to see and do across the region. Remember, it's Worcester Music Festival going on for the next few days, and they have so many live music events all across Worcester, so do check out their website. All the details are on there, worcestermusicfestival.co.uk. It's also Heritage Open Days going on at the moment, right up until September the 22nd. Basically, every September, some 40,000 volunteers across England organise over 5,000 events to Celebrate our fantastic history and culture. So it's a chance to see hidden places and try out new experiences all of which are free to explore during this period. For example, on Saturday, there's free entry at the Commandery in Worcester, 10am until 5pm. And you can explore the Siege of 1643, where the people of Worcester came out to defend the city from the Parliamentarian Army of Gloucester. It's incredible stuff. There's also medieval pilgrimage and Worcester Cathedral tours going on at Worcester Cathedral on Saturday, 10.30am start there. And the Guildhall is also celebrating Heritage Day. And if you haven't been to the Guildhall, I keep saying it on this podcast, It's such a truly beautiful building which dates back to 1721 and it's got a fascinating history. Go and have a free look around on Saturday 9am until 4pm there. There are seriously some amazing places to go and explore for free this weekend. So do go to the website which is heritageopendays.org.uk to find some options for you and your family. It's also also Worcester Comic Con this weekend on Saturday at Worcester University. Comics, toys, art, costumes, gaming, and special guests galore will be there from 9am, and that's at Worcester University. There's also a glorious Worcester's exhibition happening at the Merkian Regiment Museum on Saturday, that's definitely worth seeing. I love their Worcestershire Soldier exhibition. I've seen that one, and that tells the story of the men of Worcestershire's regiments from 1694 to the present. These soldiers lived and sometimes died in the defence of this country. And it's so interesting to see. They've got archived films and memories and unique collections. And um, it it brings together over 300 years of military life, um, history to life. So it's truly fascinating. Do try and check it out. Also on Saturday evening, we've got some brilliant music happening. And finally, Phil Collins at the Swan Theatre, which is bound to be a great show. Dilly Keane, she'll be performing at Huntington Hall on Saturday evening. She tells us she will be singing some perfectly wonderful songs by other songwriters, which she recently discovered in New York, as well as a raft of her own songs too. A delightful evening it will be. Then a few top picks for you on Sunday the 15th of September it's Worcester City Half Marathon and 10k happening on Sunday 9.45am start there at Worcester Racecourse. I think you can still sign up if you fancy it but if you don't do try and get out and support all the runners. Worcestercityrun.com for all the details on that. There's also the fantastic Malvern Flea and Collectors Fair happening at the Three-Counties Showground on Sunday. Antiques, vintage clothes, collectibles, comics, TV, movie memorabilia, furniture. I've been to these before and they're always brilliant. You really can pick up a bargain. And because it's the Worcester Music Festival happening, there are literally hundreds of music events happening all over the weekend and I can't actually mention them all on this podcast obviously but I'm going to try and catch the lightweights Henry, Subsky, Rummer who will all be performing at Annie's Burger Shack on Sunday evening and also the Mars Bar has a great lineup of local bands on Sunday night too. Evil Witch, Time of the Mouth, Total, Total Victory, Tokyo Taboo and Austerity will all be performing there. I'm going to try and head there as well on Sunday evening. Have a lovely week everyone and remember if you have an event going on tell us so we can tell everybody back to you rob thank you claire
0: and thank you in advance for listening to this podcast i do hope my uh, the start of it didn't put you off listening to the rest of it because we've had a lot of fun i think we will be back same time in your ears next week from all the podcast platforms of choice but until then from me your host rob george i think we're done here bye bye (laughs)